And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, here we are, episode 200. My God, Josh Thompson, we have made it to 200. I cannot believe it has gone by that fast because, see, working with you is that easy. Look at yes, that compliment. Oh, my God. It is episode 200 of the Weighing In Podcast. We have a bunch of stuff to talk about with fights coming up. I'm going to preview a couple of the fights on. There you go, baby. Come on. Why'd you stop it, it, Dave? Why'd you stop it? Had to get it, it in there. Had to get it in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. We got yeah. It's gonna go on YouTube. We gotta be careful. We don't allow a couple seconds. Uh, so I think wow. don't we get six seconds? I think it's ten. Uh, I think it's you know, ten. But uh, you gotta, I think we should just. Be I'll, careful. I'll pull some strings. I'll pull some strings. All right, I... there you go. So how you feeling, baby? I know you. Uh, you even went farther. You went from Ireland to L.A. to do Fight Companion, and yeah. you were exhausted. I told you don't drink when you're exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, oh my I'm god coming, you're still I'm, sick I'm, I'm trying to get rid of this last little it's like a little bit of congestion in my maybe chest if you, you had the same slept, thing maybe if you ever slept you might not get sick john you know i'm a fucking goer that's one thing john knows <laughs> i go like my my car picks me up tomorrow morning for the florida show at 3 30 uh, in the morning you're crazy i gotta go straight from here i'm gonna go home pack basically stuff some food in my face fucking take a shower and lay down in bed and get three four hours of sleep by the time we get out of here I'm like shit, man. I'm exhausted. I'll be exhausted. So good thing we're going to Florida. It's warm. I don't. I don't have to pack too much clothes. Just some shorts and a couple of t-shirts. Nothing. Got to pack a couple of collared shirts because I'm be playing some golf while I'm there. There you go. At one of the nicest fucking resorts in the world, the Bay Hill. It's gonna be absolutely amazing. Which is the hard one of the hardest courses I think I've ever played. Yeah. It's the grass. You know, it has that like that. I don't know what kind of grass it's called. I'm not very familiar. Bermuda. With grass, but it's yeah. It's the thick. Yeah. Fluffy. Fluffy. The ball gets in and you never find, find it. it. I know. I you hate that. Exactly. You see exactly where you hit it, and you're like, I know it's here somewhere. Yeah, like, if you don't hit it on the fairway, it's yeah, like it'll be, it could be six inches off of the fairway, and it's like, where the hell's my damn ball? You know what and I started? They, I started using a red ball when I was playing, and it worked better. I could see it. I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. I um. The other thing as well is it. The, that was the first time I'd ever played at a course that had that real fine, fine, fluffy sand. Jeez, man! You go from you go from not hitting it at all out of the out of the out of the bunker, right? It goes like two feet, and then it folds back in, and you know plugs pretty much in the fluffy sand, or you fucking scull it to get it out. Oh yeah! It's like and then it's it's in someone's house in their the backyard, like, rocket, oh, gun. And then at Bay Hill, they have a um, they've got an, uh, an alligator there, and it's his name is Stumpy because he's missing a leg, so he's got one leg that he's missing, so they call him Stumpy. But yeah, he's a big kid. He's probably about what I don't know, ten feet. 10 foot fucking gator jeez man i'm like i don't know about this i want to see a picture of you riding his back nah I'm i want you on I'm stumpy good. i feel about you know how i feel about crocodiles or alligators i feel the same way about sharks like just keep them away from me <laughs> keep them away <laughs> no, from me like i'm them. deathly i'm deathly afraid of sharks man no, but i have like, you know you know i do i have this obsession with looking them up and like seeing all the crazy shit that sharks do. See, because I've it. done all that stuff. I love oh. sharks and I love swimming with sharks and I've done it with <laughs> sharks all the way to great whites, hammerheads, all of them. It's the no. best. They're awesome. Fuck. Crazy I'd have creature. I a fucking 
panic attack, man. I don't know nah, what it is about. It's not like that. I lo- I'm so fascinated by them, though. I'm fascinated by great whites, fascinated by bull sharks. I'm fascinated by all these sh- types of sharks. Just, ugh, I'm so fascinated by them. See, and I, and I, then get, I admit. Alligators. I, I do not like swimming up on the surface of the ocean for a, for very long. But yeah. if I can go down, yeah, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be with any shark there is. It doesn't bother me at all. It, I have no fear of it then. But up isn't top, it funny, though? Yeah, it's kind of not that good. It's funny that you say that because as soon as your head pokes above the water, you feel almost very, you feel very, no, almost, you feel very vulnerable. No, it's not you feel vulnerable. You are vulnerable. You are vulnerable. (laughs) (laughs) You're fucking, you're the bobber. You're the thing that's just finishing up there. I'm a big seal. Yeah, it's crazy, (laughs) man. And so then as soon as you poke your head underwater and you can see a good 10, 15 feet out in front of you, you feel a lot safer. Oh, yeah. But I've just, I've just seen too many videos where the water looks a little murky. And the scuba divers are swimming, and then like the shark bumps his head, like he hit the shark hits his his head with his teeth, <laughs> and like lets him know, "I see you, buddy. Yep. I see you." Yeah. Peekaboo. No way. <laughs> that's like a that's just near near death experience. Have you There's seen no the shark? Have you seen the the great white called Big Blue? Yes. Or Deep yeah. Blue. I'm sorry, Deep Blue. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Ooh. I think it's 22 feet. Yeah, about it's 22 feet. They it's figure a female, about, correct? Yeah, female. They figure between forty-five and five thousand, forty-five hundred and five thousand pounds. Yeah, Ooh. it was. Uh, she was in um Hawaii. the Maui area yeah. in Hawaii, and there's a there's a there's a website, not a website, but an Instagram called Juan. I think it's called like uh, Juan Sharks. Juan Sharks, like yeah, yeah. I follow yeah. them, and they they're always they're always involved with the yeah. yeah, awesome man. Yeah, that absolutely. That, awesome. that shark was first seen down in the Guadalupe Islands. Yeah, and they just said it was unbelievable. I got to see that sucker. Well, there's a vi- the the video of the Juan Sharks uh, Instagram page. I don't know who her name is. I don't read a whole lot of it. I just look like I'm mesmerized mesmerized by the shark <laughs> itself. And anyways, and then they showed a video of her swimming next to it. it's a female, I believe. There's like there's two there's a guy and a girl. I think it's a husband and wife. Yeah, but the female is swimming next to the sh- to the shark to deep blue or big blue or whatever. I think deep it's blue, deep blue. Yeah. But geez, man, she looked, she looked like this can next to, next <laughs> next to, you. to a car. Yeah. yeah. Next to a car. I was like, holy shit. Yep. That's insane to think like if that thing opened its mouth, it could swallow you completely whole, <laughs> just completely whole and be like, oh yeah, I just swallowed a toothpick. Yeah. About <laughs> it. All right. Anyways, let's get into some let's fights. Let's get into actual before, fighting stuff be- instead of before fighting. Before we get into the fights though, we're into the fighting, subscribe button fighting. on YouTube. Yeah, hit the subscribe button on YouTube. Hit the hit the link down below to go to our clips channel. Hit the subscribe button there too. We're gonna film another Wayne Interjection show today. It's gonna be fun for us. And uh, you know, I'm still trying to drag my ass through this a little bit, guys. I feel like I got a little bit of sleep last night. Felt great. Woke up, got a little bit of rest. Had a ton of meetings today, which was back to back that John was late to a couple of them. Good That's job, because buddy. someone said it was canceled. It wasn't canceled. It was moved. Yes, yeah, somebody. I want to say, who's that person that said it was canceled? By my me? wife. Uh, <laughs> Dude. It's my card thing. I, I, was, I was out getting some stuff from Home Depot, and she says, hey, man. She calls me and says, hey, your uh, meeting with your thing was canceled. I go, canceled? She goes, yeah, they're moving to another. I said, okay. So the next thing I know is I'm out front doing, you know, blowing leaves all over my yard, and my wife is running out saying, you're supposed to be on a call. What the hell? You yeah. told me it was canceled. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right, I took the Damn. blame. Damn it, Miss McCarthy. Oh, I know, man. See, she did me wrong on that. I'm one. like, I was texting she did you, me wrong, texting her. Shrek. I was, te- I was yeah. texting you and her. I'm like, hey, you're supposed to be on this call. She's like, no, it's canceled. So I sent her a, a picture of everybody in the Zoom call. She's like, oh shit. I started laughing. I was like, hey, this is it happens. 
I mean, shit, I was, I think that one time you texted me and said, hey, and I, I had shitty reception. Yeah. I couldn't, I was struggling to get on the call. It's all good. Uh, all right. Look, we're going to, we're going to bump into this Bellator situation. You got Cyborg fighting this weekend against uh, Sinead Kavanaugh. Sinead. Sinead is, Sinead is tough. She's got good boxing. Very she good always boxing. gets on me about not giving her the love that she deserves. She deserves a little bit of love. She deserves it for sure. She's got her hands full though. I only see it. I'm not trying to knock anything Sinead does. I think she's a dog. Like in terms of she's got hands, she's got big, big power in her hands. She will walk you down. She will take a shot to deliver a shot. She is a dog when it comes to being a fighter. But I just, I continue to go back to this. She's going to have her hands full. Cyborg is a different specimen. She walks people down, throws big shots. Now, there is a flip side to that because we have seen with the man in the situation. She thought she could bully people around. She got hit with some big shots and she got finished. Okay, that's what happens when you believe that you can just continue to walk through people. Kavanaugh has been known to starch people that have tried to walk through her. And so in that type of situation, it's going to be whoever can push who back and whoever can land the cleaner shots while pushing that person back. But, I mean, it's really hard to go against Cyborg, man. It's really hard. Sure it is. But as you said, here's the truth of the matter when you look at it. The question will be, in my mind, did Chris learn? from the Amanda Nunez fight. Because if she learned something from it, it should be you can't go out and run through people that are good with their hands. And Amanda's good with her hands. And if there's one thing Sinead is, she's good with her hands. Look, she can box with any 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 female in MMA other than maybe Clarissa Shields. She can box with, and she can still box with Clarissa for I'm not saying she's going to beat her, but she can be with her. She's got good hands. She's got good boxing. She does not mind being hit, and she does have power in her hands. The real question we will find out quickly is, how smart is Chris Cyborg, and what did she learn from that Amanda News? Because if she's smart, she's going to do what she did against someone like Arlene Blenko. She's going to say, I can bang with you a little bit, but I'm going to be looking for the takedown because I have better skills on the ground than I believe you do. And I'm going to take you down there, beat you up down there and get my win by being a smart fighter. If she, if Chris works in the standup without trying to get that takedown for more than two and a half minutes, the first round, maybe three minutes, it's telling you she's not being that smart because Sinead has the power to put her away and she can hurt her with a shot and she can end the fight. So we're going to see. Obviously, Chris is the, the favorite in it, but it's it's actually a good matchup, and it really depends on which Chris Cyborg shows up. Is it the Chris Cyborg that wants to just stand and bang and run through someone like you're talking about, or is it the smart one that we've seen lately that is fighting very well and is not trying to just run through people? She's trying to have a high fight IQ. She's trying to do things in a smart way. You know, She's trying to hit without getting hit. All the things that you want to see from a fighter – that's what she's been doing, and if she continues that, she she is definitely the favorite and should come away with a victory. Yeah, I think I think if Chris was smart, she'd punch her way into the clinch, press her to the fence, hang on her a little bit, try to get the takedown, dirty box her a lot, you know, kind of stand keeping her that press against the fence so she can't make space to land the the big shots. Well, she does that and all she, the time. She does it all the yeah, time. You're she, right. She did, she, she goes she through does those Julia Bud really well. Yeah, she does. She does what I call the blitz. She she'll come in. She'll throw a flurry and force her opponent into the cage, get into that dirty boxing, and hit him with knees, hit him with elbows, and then kind of break away and blitz him again, and go right back into that. And she just breaks people down doing that. Yeah. 
Yeah, if she gets on top of Sinead Kavanaugh, she's going to have a hard time. Sinead is. So yeah. She's got to make sure she's got to stay, keep her back off the ground, try to keep her back off the fence. She's got to be out in that open area with space to throw punches. If she can do that, which is going to be a hard task, but if she can do that, she's got a pretty good chance of, of clipping her, or at least rocking her, maybe still in a couple, I'd say two to three rounds. I don't think she's going to win a five-round fight. I don't think she's going to win every round. No. I think she has an opportunity to steal the, the three rounds that she'll need to get the win. If she can keep that space, keep her back off the fence, keep the space to let her hands go and throw in combinations and move out of the way so she, she doesn't get pressed to the fence. Yeah, she's got to keep her back off the fence, just like you're saying. Yeah. <clears throat> and then Tyrell Fortune and Linton Vassell. Ah, man, I, you know, you take a look at this, and Tyrell Fortune is the he's great wrestling, but kind of got away from it. It's gone back to it. The real question with Tyrell is motivation and conditioning because he does seem to get tired in fights and he's had fights where you know guys have uh, been able to stay with him when he hasn't been able to put them away in that first or second round that third round comes around and he starts to slow down Lynn Vassell is you know a beast as far as size and strength but he's not as fast as Tyrell in my opinion and the speed factor is going to be a difference Linton has got to stay in this fight and hang tough in it. It's not going to be easy for him because he likes to get into grappling situations, and I don't see him out wrestling Tyrell Fortune, which is going to make you know it tough for him. But he's got the length on it. And he's you know he is long. He's rangy, super strong. But this is a it's going to be a tough fight for him with the wrestling uh, acumen acumen of Tyrell Fortune. So that was a word I don't even know what the fuck it means but I'm going to go ahead and believe it means something about wrestling <laughs> and abilities um like Lynn Vassell just needs to like you said he needs to put the pressure on Tyrell Fortune make him fight off of his back foot if he no. can do that we're going to see if Tyrell Fortune is that that type of fighter that can fight through that yep. because right now I don't feel like he's ever I don't feel like he's really been tested and the one time you know he, I wouldn't say he got tested he just got clipped yep. he got knocked out by Tim Johnson he Believed in his boxing a little bit too much. Tim was able to step in, caught him with a nice shot, put him away. That can happen to anyone, especially at heavyweights. But Lynn Vassell, he's got he's got the pedigree of fighting a bunch of top guys. Now he's beaten a lot of top guys. He lost to a couple of top guys, but a lot of his career was fought at two hundred five, where he was killing himself to get to the weight. Now he's fighting at heavyweight. I think if he can push Tyrell around and Tyrell lose, it can't get a takedown or two. Tyrell Fortune is going to start to second-guess himself. Now, I believe the way that you believe. He gives the potential future in the heavyweight division as long as he starts fighting smart. Yep. If he starts to if he starts to utilize that level of wrestling that he possesses and he starts putting people on their backs, these heavyweights have been known to never get off their damn back once they hit the ground. They're like turtles. As soon as you hit on their back, they, they just stuck down there for the whole round just getting mauled and beat up. All you got to do is be a little bit active from the top. And that goes in any organization. They're sure you have a couple hybrids that are out there, you know, with some good good grappling off their backs are able to get back to their feet. But they're they're the younger generation, like the Tom Aspinalls, the Cyril Gone. You know, there's, you know, some of the other fighters as well that are coming. Tyrell Fortune can get up off of his back as well. There's good heavyweights that can come on and get up off their back. Moldovsky is another one of those guys. Um, that they have the ability to get up off their back when they're taken down. They have the ability to get the takedowns and be on top and dominate the position. Tyrell Fortune has all of that ability. Now, whether he fights smart and utilize it, that's up to him. We're going to find out. I think that Tim Johnson fight definitely checked his ego a little bit, yep. which I think is the best thing that could have happened to him. Yep. Um, but I think he's going to have to 
make sure he keeps it in check as he grows and gets better and better every time. What is he? He's 11, 11 and, one. and 1. You know, but none of those guys have had the experience that he's fought that Lynn Vassell has. No, absolutely not. And as so, far as, you know, for the most part, he's never fought anyone with that experience. You know, close to 30 fights. He's fought for the title. So this is a, you know, it's a big step, but it's, it's a doable step. But Linton needs to fight the right fight also yep. because Linton usually does well with his grappling in taking guys down. He's not going to be taking Tyrell down. So instead of thinking about getting the takedown against him, I want to keep him from getting the takedown and make him really work hard for it, frustrate him, and make it to where he gets tired <laughs> from it. Then start implementing your offense. No, I agree. Yep, I agree. He's going to have to do something like that, though, early in the fight to make Tyrell work hard. But the next fight, this is the fight. This is the one that I'm looking forward to because he, both of them. Fight of the night. And I'm telling you, it should be because Aaron Pico against Justin Gonzalez. Justin Gonzalez is a dynamite wrestler. Uh, he's very good with his hands. He's a good fighter. And Pico is on fire right now. He is fighting at a level far beyond anything he did in the past. His fight with Aiden Lee was fantastic. He was a savage going after things in that. And, and we just saw Aiden Lee fight. You saw how good he was and what he did in the, you know this last fight. He is a sniper from the outside with a stand-up, and he's good on the ground and he had zero offense. Pico was taking him down at will, was going for submissions. Aiden Lee was stopping a lot of them until finally he just couldn't stop anymore, and the Darce choke worked. But he worked his way out of some great submission attempts. And I have a feeling Justin Gonzalez is going to have to do that same thing somewhere in here because, look, speed is on Pico's side. He has now got the idea of how to mesh and take all of that skill that he had and make it work in you know in unison he he's not just a wrestler wrestling or he's not just a boxer boxing he's able to take those skills now mesh them together and chain those things to the point where he's a damn threat right now he is that good yeah he has definitely came into his own and we had talked about this forever i said look in the beginning there was a lot of questions that needed to be answered yeah. And he was struggling. Well, you know why he was struggling. I, yeah, he was struggling because he had he had too many he had too many chiefs in the in the kitchen that, or too many chefs in the kitchen that kind of could situation. Be a chief too. <laughs> yeah, it was just it was just too many people trying to pull him in, in different directions. Being a young talent at 19, 20 years old when he came into Bellator, that was the problem. Finally, he got with a camp where he didn't have to leave anywhere, and he loves that Albuquerque living. Like he loves it. He loves horses. He loves to be around those type of you know that that type of atmosphere. It, it worked out perfectly for him. Now he's a he's dad. Now, yeah, now he's a dad. He's, you know, um, his wife is absolutely amazing. And um, I've met her several times. She's we spent a, we spent a couple uh, times on some trips together with uh, Aaron and everybody, the whole family. Absolutely amazing people. Um, but like there, there was a lot of hype coming into his career. He had some really ups and downs in the beginning of his career. He settled in in Albuquerque, signed with Ali. Got a management that just said, hey, you need to stick with one gym. Find a location and let's set you there. He, he Before he was traveling around and location, I'm going to go to jiu-jitsu with Joe Daddy Stevenson over there. Then I'm going to go to Ruka and hit mitts over there. Then I'm going to go to, you know, so-and-so and do boxing. Body shop, do wrestling. Yeah, and then I'm going to go to body shop and do wrestling. It's like, okay, look, all this stuff 
it all seems great in theory. Okay, but GSP, because I think he was trying to follow the GSP way. GSP would go to Henzo's, then he'd come back, he would try Star, and then he'd go like do something over there and do something over there. Not when you're trying to first learn all this stuff. Yeah. Go and learn the basics of everything, of chaining it all together, and then start getting better. And GSP, you know, he was with one gym for the beginning, and then he was kind of bouncing to another gym. He was at, what, Greg Jackson's for a little bit? Yep. But then as he started finding little holes in his game, he started going to different locations to fix those holes. Aaron got with the right gym. Greg Jackson's uh, gym is the perfect location for him. They've got a little bit of everything there. And... It fits his mold perfectly. Now, what they have done, when I'm talking about the level in which the answers that needed to be answered was, like you said, he was boxing or he was wrestling, but he wasn't doing the two things together. Now he is so damn good just in the last three fights. He now has vicious, nasty ground and pound. For someone who's got some pop, yep. he's got pop on the feet, but not every time does that pop on the feet translate to pop on the ground. Good point. His pop on the ground is nasty, too. He's got heavy hips, pushes in real well, big shots from the top, not a whole lot of submission threat from the way he delivers his shots. And he he works the body as well as the head, controls the feet. He's doing a fantastic job. When people think they can sit up on his legs and take him down, that shit ain't happening. He's got great takedown defense, obviously, as everyone knows. But now you add the arsenal, the arsenal um, his art to his arsenal is the submissions from the anaconda choke to the dar situations. He was hitting some guillotines out of there as well. He was attacking everything. When you get back to the feet, his boxing is nasty good. He's got really good boxing. He's gotten smarter now. If you go back and watch the way he fought Henry Corrales, horrible. Oh, you know, just let let the machismo get into him and just like oh, I'm gonna knock you out. And now that's not how he fights. He got into a couple clinch situations, landed his shot, circled out, and threw some more boxing or got the takedown. He's good, man. I mean, outside of maybe potentially getting stuck in a guillotine on a shot or something like that, which I don't, I can't say it can't happen, but he has developed his wrestling, his, his real wrestling, to an MMA-style wrestling where he turns the corner real fast, hits the cry crotch, gets the lift, the takedown, all of those things, which is less, uh, that shows less um, chance of being submitted. He is he's developed into the fighter that I think a lot of people would always knew that he would if he was at the right camp. Yep. Yeah. I agree with you. Right now, from everything that we've seen, you know, in the cage, what I hear from, you know, what's going on at Jackson Winks, he's on fire right now and he's gonna be hard to stop because now he has he has several things. First off, his confidence is back. But it's a real confidence because before he he knew, you know, I don't really know what I'm doing. Now he has an idea of what he's doing. And the one thing that Greg Jackson has done for him, and a lot of people don't, they won't understand this when I say it. Greg has, he's taught him how to fight. And, and fighting is not always with your hands and it's your, it's your mind and understanding what to do in the fight, when to do it, how to handle things in the fight. That's one of the things that Greg Jackson has done for Aaron Pico. And it shows it's showing in his maturity and it's showing in his ability to go after his opponent, to pressure them at times. He sees when the opponent is backing off and he understands it now. It's just a huge difference. And I think you're going to see just great things from him. We talked a lot about Aaron Pico, but what about his opponent, Justin Gonzalez? How does he win this fight? You know, if if you're Justin Gonzalez and you're looking at it, you know, his last twelve fight, and zero, John. You got we gotta give him some credit, man. Oh, we gotta give absolutely. him some love. I, gotta give him some love. He's twelve and zero. He's fantastic, you know, coming from 
LFA came into Bellator. He fought Taiwan Claxton. It was a good fight. I thought I thought Justin won it. It was tight. It wasn't you know like you know he ran away with it. But Claxton's a good wrestler. But the, when you look at Justin, Justin is a grinder. He's a guy that keeps on stepping forward, and he's gonna you know it's gonna be interesting. Is he gonna be able to step forward against Aaron Pico in the standup? If he if he does, that's good for him because. Pico's a step forward guy, so that means that Pico's now on his back foot. His wrestling is actually really good, and re- and really good as far as MMA wrestling. He shoots at the right times. He changes levels the right way. He drives and he turns the corners. And if he gets the guy against the cage, he doesn't just sit there on a single leg. He'll switch his hands back and forth, single leg, double leg. He'll come to a high crotch. He'll do a lot of good things. So he is good, but this is the most athletic, opponent the most difficult opponent he has ever faced so we'll see what he can do with it you think pico's more athletic than taiwan claxon yes you mean he's more skilled i wouldn't say he's more athletic he's, he's more, more athletic. skilled think i think i think, ta- I think taiwan if, is athletic if i was to if i was to <coughs> say hey taiwan claxon go out there and race aaron pico in a in a in a sprint taiwan claxon wins if i say taiwan claxon i'm gonna hand the ball off to you and you go run and pico you run the ball Taiwan Claxton's going to get there first, and he's going to knock over some people when he runs through them. Uh, Taiwan Claxton's <laughs> why are you Taiwan making Claxton's Taiwan Claxton a football player? He's more athletic than Aaron Pico, but Aaron Pico is the more skilled, more skilled in boxing and in wrestling. Obviously. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, I think Justin Gonzalez at twelve and zero, he's got a lot at stake. You know, I mean, there's the t- that 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 aura of being undefeated coming in. This is a big step up in Aaron Pico for his competition. And I think for uh, Justin Gonzalez is definitely a huge step up for him. This is a perfect opportunity for both fighters to shine and put themselves on the next level of, uh, for fights. So I know Aaron was already there for a little bit because of his name when he first started, but now he's reinvented himself in there. And then Justin Gonzalez coming off of a win against somebody who was being highly touted in Taiwan Claxton with the flying knees and you know and coming into the into the bantam was it the featherweight the light the featherweight tournament he he's been there he's fought a lot of top guys you know he came out short against a couple of them but I think in this situation we're gonna see just how good Justin Gonzalez is because he's a dog he's somebody that will he's not gonna back up he's gonna put some pressure on him he's gonna do he's kicks and punches are gonna come from a different angle. Yep, but I really believe that Aaron Pico is going to utilize his wrestling, press him to the fence, get the he's going to have to take him, he's going to get the takedown anywhere he wants, but he's going to keep him pressed against that fence. And he's going to grind up pound him, or if he pushes him out to the middle, he's just going to control the ankles and the knee and the shins and land some nasty ground up pound. And when Justin gets up, I think it's going to be a different type of fight. Yeah, because be. Pico, I look at the speed, I would give maybe the speed to Gonzalez. I definitely give the power though to Pico, but the the fact that he's twelve and zero, and I know that. Uh, um, that Aaron's 11, he's got 11 fights, but he's 8 and 3, but I'm saying it comes down to it comes down to that type of experience though, I'm going to lean a little bit more towards Justin Gonzalez in the MMA true experience, because some of Pico's fights, because of the miss, uh, the fast knockouts, whether it was him, or whether he was doing the knocking out, or he was getting knocked out himself, a lot of that stuff happened in the first round. Oh yeah. And so he, the actual in-cage experience, he doesn't have a lot of. Justin Gonzalez has has quite a few fights that have went the distance and has had some great fights. So a little bit more experience. Plus, he's come up over years fighting MMA, training MMA, whereas Pico boxing here, wrestling here. I just want to erase the beginning portions of Pico's career. You know, maybe even some of the wins that he got. 
can't you do put that. the two of them together. Yeah, you can't, but you'd like to sometimes. <laughs> so I would say more of the MMA experience, even though they're very equal in the amount of fights, I'm going to give to Justin Gonzalez. So you should expect a couple little tricks to come out of come out of Justin Gonzalez if he's going to get this win. But I'm going to lean towards Aaron, obviously. Aaron's my boy. I'm a little biased when it comes to all this stuff. He's a great kid. And um, he, I think just all the hype around him was 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 warranted. Just got to make sure that now I know that he's at a good camp. I, you're seeing it. You're seeing it rise to the top right now. But this this right here, like you and I have talked about, this should be fight of the night. Yeah, it should be. This this is a great matchup. Yeah. Uh, Arlene Blankow versus uh, Pam Sorensen. I, I look at that one. Pam Sorensen's a grinder. She's someone who likes to take the fight to the ground, be in the top position. I'm not too sure she can get Arlene Blanco down. Arlene Blanco has has learned over time. Look, she started off as a boxer because she came from a good boxing background. But over time, Jackson Wink has really helped her with her takedown defense. I know uh, some of the camps she's had in Australia, they were helping her, you know, James Tahuna and stuff. But I'm not sure that Pam Sorensen can get her down. And, and if there's one thing I'll say about Arlene, you know, she's uh, she's got fast hands still, and she's got pop in her hands, which a lot of women do not have that one punch, I can put you on your ass power. She's got it. And Pam's going to have to deal with that when she comes in to close that distance to try to get her to the, down, get her to the ground. She is not an easy person to get to the ground now. So... This is going to be a rough one for uh, Pam, in my opinion, as far as getting it to where she wants. She's going to have to walk through the fire to get that fight where she needs it to be to get her win. So that's always one of those, can she do it? You brought up a good point, though, with Arlene. She, after her last fight, she never went home back to Australia. So she stayed in in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where Craig Jackson is. And she's just been improving ever since then, getting better. Training with Holly Holm, training with the other some of the other females that are there. Just constantly trying to get better at not just her striking, using the kicks, but as well as her wrestling defense. So do I think that she has the edge? Absolutely, I think she has the edge. Um, I don't know if Sorensen can get her down. I don't think so either. It's going to be a dogfight if she does. How much energy does she expend to get the fight to the ground? Yep. And can and Arlene having the experience of having fought top level females, she'll be able to probably pop back up. And she's got that drive and that push right now that she's can be fully committed and focused to being a, a fighter. And so that being said, I don't know if Pam Pam Sorensen can actually get her to the ground and hold her down. That's next. And when she does, how much energy does she spend when she did if she can't get her to the ground? That puts more pressure. People, I want you guys to understand if we're listening to this, is when you don't get a takedown or you do get a takedown, they pop right back up. It's It just wears on you mentally. Like, man, I just worked really hard for this takedown, and they just popped right back up. And they're not going to be as tired because they to them, there was success from stopping that takedown or getting back to my feet right away. So that in their mind is a positive thing. and doesn't drain you as much as the negative thing of saying, hey, they got back up. Shit, I got to take them down again. That drains on you mentally. It's no different than if someone you hit someone with your best shot and they just smile at you and walk forward. You're like, oh, shit. Mentally, that starts draining on you. Or if you're hitting, rocking somebody and they're not moving backwards and they're walking forward still and you're like, man, I'm hitting this person with everything I got and they're not going backwards. you know. Or that can give you more and more situations. But Arlene, I think she's got the faster hands. She's got the better boxing, the cleaner boxing, I should say. Yeah. Um, and she's got, I think she's going to have to take down defense like you're talking about. So Pam's going to have to make sure that she's not overexpending that energy, getting this fight to the ground and being stuck on the feet, trying to take shots from Marlene Blanco. Yep. It'll be interesting. Uh, Steve, Steve Mowry, what is he, 6'10", 6'8"? 6'8". 6'8", 
versus Rakim. We thought it was Rakim. Yeah. It's Rakim. Rakim Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah, I've watched Rakim fight multiple times. He was in the yeah. PFL. Well, um, his his fight just went viral with that head kick. So yeah. I don't know if you've seen it, but I've, I've, seen, I've it. seen it like a thousand times now on social media. It's everywhere <laughs> of his head kick, his head kick knockout of his last fight. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, I watch, I've watched. I watched that whole fight when it happened and stuff. And uh, <clears throat> he was he was doing a good job in that fight. He got the fight down a couple times. Rakim is better in the stand up. He wants to be in the stand up game. The ground is usually not the place that he likes to fight. If you look at his record, a lot of his losses are all from submissions. He got a couple of submission losses to like you know guys like Vinny Magalies, which hey, you know <laughs> that's hello. That's my point. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. that's gonna happen if you're fighting Vinny. You're either gonna you know hit Vinny and he's gonna go down, or he's gonna yeah. submit you. So it's just that he's got two what, losses to Vinny. That's what he's I said. Got he's got two losses to Vinny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he's got to Victor Nemkov, which he, is but he uh, went the distance with Nemkov. Yeah. So it was a decision and stuff. So I, I look at him, and he's got good hands. The guy that he's fighting has got decent hands. Steve Maurer, is, you know, his stand-up is really coming along. Very he, stiff. Yeah, very. but he fights tall, but very yeah. stiff. Exactly. he is like tall, John. Saying. That's why <laughs> no, he's tall. Saying, six, he, eight, John. And he fights. Well, a lot of guys that are tall don't fight tall. They come down to their opponent. So he does fight tall, but on the ground, Steve Maurer good. Yeah, and he's got good submissions, and he has submitted a lot of people. And if he gets in the top position on Rakim, that's going to be a problem for Rakim Cleveland. He cannot allow Steve Mowry to be in the top position on him. If he gets to that, he has got to burn gas in getting his back off of the ground. If he doesn't, he's going to end up walking out of that cage as a loser. Yeah, what I've seen from Rakim is that he's put on a lot of weight. <laughs> yep. And not great when, I, when I talked about heavyweights not being able to get up off their backs, he's pretty much the token person that I'm talking about. Okay. Like he's put on the amount of weight that he shouldn't have put on. Like you said, it's not good weight, but he is still fast. Still has got power. Yeah. And he, he still can take a shot. Yes. So those are all things to be desired when you're a heavyweight. If you can take a shot and you can deliver a shot, you know, and if you're big enough to be able to stuff a takedown and just, Put your weight on him, make him carry your weight and circle around because he, he's okay with being on top. Yeah. It's when he, he off of, if he's on bottom, is where he's lost. Yes. And that, go, that goes for a lot of heavyweights. Heavy I'm weights. not just talking yeah. about him. I'm talking about a lot of heavyweights. You know, I mean, some of the, some of the, some of the, a lot of the heavyweights in the UFC and in Bellator well, and other organizations, you, you got not, not a lot of them get off of their backs. No, but you got to figure, you know, even in the gym, this is, you got to put yourself in bad positions in the gym and a lot of heavyweights don't. Because they're yeah. so used to dominating in the top position, and they say, "I'm not going to be on my back." They d they don't work it that often, and they that's just, some Daniel Cormier shit right there. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what happens. No, I mean, you know, if, if someone, I'm getting, I'm getting up. Well, that guy, you better. But if you end up underneath, and they keep you there, and sometimes they can keep you there, you're in trouble. So, you know, this this goes back to you know mindset, and there's not a whole lot of heavyweights that sit there and go, "I'm going to take the time." to learn how to fight off of my back because yeah. they all look and say, I'm not going to be there. Yeah. I mean, I understood when DC and Kane said they weren't going to be there. Okay. Cause they're, they're really good wrestlers, you know, DC being a two time Olympian. But when you get there though, you got to know how to get the fuck up. Yeah. You know, and, and luckily for, for DC, when he was first coming around with Kane, he sure he wasn't, he wasn't a better wrestler than DC, but he had the cardio and the tenacity to try and get those takedowns and he was pushing on DC every second. So that made DC work even harder on trying to stuff the takedowns. And when he did get them, 
man, he made DC, Kane made DC pay to get back up. You know, they, he's putting him on him. But DC was a stud. That he, that's, I think that's a big reason why he was so successful was because he had Kane to help him through, like, in terms of the the, the pressure. Oh, no doubt the, about the, it. The level of wrestling. It was great to see those two guys come up together. And he also, yeah, you know, man. he also had the confidence what at the time, Kane was the best heavyweight in the world for a long time. Yeah. You know, and so if, if I can go with him, I can go with them. Yeah, no, for sure. No doubt. Absolutely no doubt. Steve Mallory, he's just got, he's got to open, he's got to loosen up with the stand up. He's got to make sure he lets his hands come out a little fluidly. He's real stiff, but he's a big guy. I don't know if you can make a guy that's that tall, that big look relaxed, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, he's got to make sure that he gets, if he gets taken down early, I see this fight ending in the first round. Yeah. Um, look, that, that's the main card right there, but is there any, any other fights you want to talk about? Obviously, Valerie Lareda, we'll talk about her a little bit. Cody Law, he's a stud, 4-0, comes yeah. from America, top team. Roman Feraldo is uh, also a stud. Yeah, for all those stud as well, five and zero, and then Bruna Ellen, she's just fun to watch. She's got a great, um, great style of fighting. Same with Desriannas, and then yeah, she's a dog. Dirty Des, Dirty, Dirty Des is, is a dog, man. I like that. Yep, Dirty Des is a dog. So, um, you know, these are people that you guys when we talk about. Hey, I'm not trying to blow sunshine up your ass, but those are some of the fighters you guys should be looking to watch. You know, fight the Valley Loretta. She's got, but she's three and one. She has a loss. But she's got a couple of flat highlight real knockouts. I think two of them have made Sports Center. She's got some. She got some power for for such a small frame, you know. And she delivers big shots. She got a very interesting style of stand up. You know, it's more of that uh, Stephen Thompson style. Throws a lot of side kicks, a lot of back kicks, and she's she's got pretty good hands, and she's not afraid she to got, throw them. From a Taekwondo background, she's got really good hands. Yep, and, she's, and got she's power. aggressive. So. Yeah, she's got some power. And then Cody Law, he's just a stud all the way around. He's got good wrestling pedigree. Good stand-up. And stand his submission up. attacks and his submission attacks are good. He doesn't rely on his stand-up a little bit he does, as, as much, but he uses his stand-up to get the fight to the ground. When he gets to the ground, he dominates from a lot of these positions. He's quick. And when we had talked to who? Dan Lambert. He's like, look, out of every prospect that I have coming out of my gym, he's the number one guy. And that says a lot, you know, coming from Dan Lambert. Coming from Dan. So, good stuff. And then that fight, uh, Roman Fer Feraldo, what do you think of him? He's good. He's good. He's he's got a great ground game. He's got good stand up. He's a he's a handful for anyone. I'm just looking you know, and I've 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 watched Robert Turnquist who he's fighting. Mm -hmm. He's a good fighter, especially when he is doing well and he's the hammer man. He just keeps on building and getting better and better. We'll see if Roman can stop that and turn it around on him and make it to where he's not feeling as confident in the fight. A uh, lot a lot more experience with Turnquist, so. Uh, right now, Feraldo's on fire, though. Yeah, and then don't sleep on that Bruna Allen and Dirty Dez fight. That's a good fight. Dirty Dead Yanez fight. Yeah, that's going to be a good fight. It's going to be a fun fight. Bruna's going to have a little bit more of the cleaner, crisper stand-up, but I think if uh, Dirty Dez can make it a dirty fight, yep. then she's going to have a good chance. She's going to start slowing Bruna Allen down, make it easier to hit Bruna Allen, maybe get a takedown, get on top, dominate the position. So yep. that should be a fun fight. I don't think that's the first fight of the night, though. I think that's pushed up. I so. doubt it. I think that's, the, yeah, I think that's actually the... Uh... The main event of the prelims, I yeah. believe. Well, hey, guys. We do a show called Wayne Interjection. There's a quick little game that we like to play in the middle called This or That. And John and I go back and forth over what we like the most. It's called This or That. So hopefully you guys enjoy it. Check this out. We're going to show you this short little clip in the middle of this show to see if you guys like it. If you guys like it, there's a link down below in our main channel. You click that link. That'll take you to our clips channel. Hit the subscribe button there as well as the notification bell. And this will drop tomorrow. We're gonna play this or that. And you guys know we love to get our fans involved, so thanks to all the fans that gave suggestions for this 
this or that. Let's go. The first one. Kamara Usman or GSP? GSP. GSP. <laughs> sweet or savory? Sweet. Savory. I like saying sweet. <laughs> sweet. 12 6 elbows or knees to grounded opponents? Both. Knees to the grounded Both. opponent. <laughs> knees to the grounded opponent. Five judges or three judges? Three. No judges. Doesn't change. <laughs> no, no judges. <laughs> three. Early, early stoppage or late stoppage? Early. Early. Late stoppage is bad for the fighter. Anderson Silva or Israel Adesanya? Anderson Silva. Izzy. Oh, you are just horrible. Anderson nope, Silva all day long. The spider. Is he already beat him? Oh, yeah. Jeans <laughs> or sweatpants? Sweatpants. Sweatpants. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate fighter or Dana White's contender series? Neither. Oh, shit. No, I don't like <laughs> no Dana White's contender series because it's real fights and it's not all the bullshit with it. It's just fights. Dana White. I'm the I like the history of the tough, so I go with the Ultimate Fighter. Too much bullshit. <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu or wrestling? <laughs> I know what he's gonna say. Jiu-Jitsu. Wrestling. Do it. No way. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I, I I love both. So. Podcast Dave or podcast Gian? <laughs> <laughs> podcast Dave. Shit. Oh man, I'm gonna go with podcast Jamie. <laughs> oh, that's no, weird. No, podcast, podcast Dave. Sorry, John. <laughs> podcast Dave. Open scoring or close scoring? Oh, my God. I close. think I'm going to actually go with open now. I'm tired of seeing some of these scores. I'd like, I'd like the fighters to know, I guess, so I'm going to go with open. Closed. Veggie pizza or impossible burger? Veggie pizza? Who the hell gets a veggie pizza? Get I get a veggie pizza and I add meat. Thank you. <laughs> What's an impossible burger? Is that a veggie burger? Yeah, tofu. Oh and my fake god! Food. I'll take yeah, a veggie. Like then I'll stuff. then I'll take a veggie veggie pizza. <laughs> Power or volume? Power all day long. Power. Yeah, power. Hamza, that coming Islam. from a volume guy. <laughs> yeah. I never had power. That's why I wish I had it. Oh. Hamza or Islam? Islam. Uh, I gotta go. I gotta go with Jemayev. You sh shut your whore you mouth. You shut your <laughs> whore mouth. <laughs> what the hell? Monster or bang? Monster. Monster. First round Chandler or first round McGregor? McGregor. Okay, well, I don't understand this question. What do you mean? Who's better who in the first you... round? Yeah, precisely. Oh, who's better in the first round? Chandler. Or who do you like? Who do you like better in the first round? Chandler. Judge uh, round by round or judge by the entire fight? Both. <laughs> should do it both. Yeah. Honestly, it's, both. It should be judged. Yeah, it should be done by both. Uh, okay. It, I'm gonna go with it's got to be fight. round by round. It, look, bo yeah. both work and both fail. So it's mm -hmm. speed, speed or fight IQ? Fight IQ. Fight IQ all day long. <laughs> be there live or watch at home? Be there live. Live. 175 or 165? 165. Both. Both. <laughs> 165. 165. 
All right, and that wraps up this or that. Big John wins. Yeah, <laughs> baby! That's the way to do it, podcast. Dave! Okay, let's get into the UFC, buddy. Oh, Let's go. So you you got to start off with the uh, main event of the evening. Max Holloway, who I think we've both said kind of good things about. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Against oh, Yair yeah. Rodriguez, who is possibly your favorite fighter of all time. Ah. <laughs> oh. Well, you know, I'm, surpri- some- I'm surprised he made it to the fight. Well, the, the, I just look at it this way. Sometimes, you know, you get those, you know, matchups where it's, uh, you know, Yair's had a, had some great fights, and then he's had, you know, some fights where he had some problems. You know, he he had that the Korean zombie fight, which I thought he was losing, and then he won it with the last. You he was, know, he was getting his ass last kicked. second elbow that knocked the Korean zombie out. Hey. That's the whole point. He kept hanging in there and doing things yeah. and got got the win at the end. So, look, we know he's got skill. He's good. Yeah. Does he have the skill to stay with Max Holloway, though? I don't think so. No. Okay. That's about the way I look at it. No, no, no. I, it, look, it, look, I, look, I think he's he's fun. He is. From the, moment I, from the moment I first saw him, I think his first fight in the UFC was in um, Mexico City, right? Was that his first well, fight in the no, UFC? Well, he was in the, wasn't he in the Ultimate Fighter? Yeah, but I, I mean, like the first. I think fight you're right, Josh. Oh no, yeah, wait, it was, yeah, it was in... the Verdum one. Yeah, but he was an ultimate. No, fight. yeah, it was Verdum and Kane. It was the one. It was in Mexico City. That's the one that I saw. Okay. Yeah, yeah so that would have been. He fought Charles Rosa. Uh, it would have been a 188 or something like that. Yeah, something. Like that. Anyways, um, 180 was the first one. That's the one we did. Yeah. That was a uh, Hunt and Verdum. Verdum, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, from the first time I saw him, I was a fan right off the bat. I loved everything about him. I was like, this kid is amazing. I love the way he fights, the aggressiveness, the flashiness, the fun. Didn't get tired, kept coming after it. I was high on him. And then, you know, he started pulling all the stunts with all the, you know, I'm going to fight you. No, I'm not going to fight you. Just, I can't deal with that. Anyways, to move on, his athleticism, his ability, you can't deny that. Okay, and the fact that he he'll continue to fight to the last second as he proved against Korean Zombie. Yep. Great point, John. That was a great point. But when it comes to the matchup, he was losing to Korean Zombie. I think I had him losing every round. He was. I don't. He might have won one round in that fight. I, I don't think I, I, I had him losing every round, but he was losing. Yeah, he was losing. Um, <clears throat> but when I look at if I was, and I'm going to go back to MMA math. If I was to match up Korean Zombie and Max Holloway, it'd be no, it'd be no, it wouldn't be a close fight, and. <laughs> Max Holloway with the speed, the reach, the range, the, his boxing ability, distance control, mixing up the case, the disc control, the conditioning, the cardio, the play, the pace of pushing that young kid around. I think he's just gonna maul Yair. Now, maybe Yair is gonna prove me wrong. He might. I just I, the kicks might be a factor. Yep. I think if he takes a page out of um out of uh the champ, uh, Volkanovski, Volkanovski out of Volk's book. If he takes a page out of Volk's book and starts landing the legs. It could change the tempo of the fight and make it easier for him to catch Max, you know, in the transition. It's going to be harder for him to set, put weight down on the punches. If he can do that early in a five-round fight, he'll have a chance. But Max is a stud, man. I'm not, I just have a hard time going against Max anytime, anytime, because he's so damn good. And I know, was his last fight Calvin Cater? Yep. He had a fight after that. Nope. Yeah, so his last fight was Calvin Cater? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, coming off that type of performance... <laughs> I mean, he's got to be thinking, I'm just going to get better from here, you know, and he's a stud. He's just an absolute stud. You know, he's just, 
he just ran into somebody in a that's a buzzsaw, man, a small little buzzsaw called Volk. So I, I think I think Max gonna walk away with this fight's gonna walk away with it pretty easily. <laughs> the leg kicks will be the leg kicks will be a factor though. Yeah, if there's one thing that the Calvin Cater fight showed is look, you've got to do more than just box yeah. with Max Holloway. You've got you gotta present more problems for him. Because if you don't, he's gonna get into a groove and he's gonna just start, you know, picking you apart. And he's got that skill. And when he when when a guy is able to talk to the commentating table while avoiding punches and then throwing his back, you know that he's in a groove and he's feeling he's feeling pretty yeah. good. But I do think that the the kicks of Rodriguez, like you're saying, I think they're super important. I think he has got to continue those, and I think he needs to continue them down on the low calf and up high. Uh, yeah. stay away from the, the mid-range with uh, Max because he counters off of him very well uh, to mid-level, but I, I agree with you. I think Max Holloway runs away with this fight. Yeah, you brought up a good point. When you guys, when we talk about fighters kicking to the, to the head, kicking to the body, and then kicking to the legs, the reason why we say, like, in this situation with Max, Max is very good at blocking and throwing right back. Yep. Now, if you throw head kicks... There's more of a focus on blocking it and making sure it didn't get through than there is on countering. If you throw just to the body, like to the arms of it, they will sometimes just block it with their body and dig into it and then counter off of that really well. So in the leg kicks, it's one of those things, check and counter or just take the kick and then counter so that Max does that very well, as John was pointing out. Those are the type of things that when we talk about these things, you guys pay attention and listen to is because the details make a big difference. I think he should kick if I'm Yair, I'm throwing stuff to the head because you're going to know, you know, eventually you may be able to catch him. That could end the fight that, or it's going to, he's going to spend so much time making sure that I'm blocking him or he's going to make sure he's blocking him properly. So he doesn't get kicked in the head. And then the leg kicks, you kick to the body, he'll catch the kick and throw and counter, or he'll just take it and throw and counter. And that could end up, you know, you could end up getting him with some big shots from from Max. Yep. Um, I agree. All right. So Ben Ben Rothwell versus uh, Rodrigo de Lima. Yeah, Marcos Rodrigo de Lima. <sighs> God, you know, you you look at this and Ben Rothwell is uh, he's a brute. He's but he's not the fighter that he was before because he has really slowed down. He he was never a fast guy, no. but. He's really slow now, and he's taking a lot of damage in his fights now. I would tell you that, you know, DeLima has, he's, he's much faster. The, the problem with being much faster against Rothwell is Rothwell can take a beating. Rothwell is a zombie, man. He will take shots and keep just walking down. And if there's one thing that I've seen out of DeLima, DeLima's gas tank is not very big. He is yeah. a guy that is a fast twitch, and I'll give you a blazing first power. round. Yeah, he's got power, but I'll tell you what, Rothwell can take a shot still. Yeah. You know, and if DeLima, and this is my whole point, if DeLima does not get this done within the first round, maybe first minute of the second round, Rothwell's going to start eating him up. He's going to slow him down, get on top of him, beat on him, or just beat him up on the feet up against the cage and stuff. So I look at it, Delima's got to, he's got to get it done, man. He's got to go after him, hit him, you know, make him, uh, make him take those, the big swings that he likes to take and stuff. But Rothwell's a, he's a big man, man. You're talking a guy that cuts down to that 265 a lot. You know, by the time he's walking in that cage, you're talking about a guy that's, you know, 6'5", 285 pounds. 
and can take a shot. You don't see a whole lot of people putting Ben Rothwell out. You know, the, the worst the worst you ever saw anybody beat Ben Rothwell for the most part was Kane. Kane picked yeah. him up and dropped him on his butt throughout the three rounds and beat him up on the ground, but Rothwell stayed with him the whole time. I mean, it was he was in that fight for a long time. So, you know, he can fight. He's a tough dude. No, he's tough. He's definitely been around for a long time. He's trained with some of the old school legends, man. He was with Gam McGee. He was with oh my God, Mike Whitehead. He was with all those big guys. Well, he was he was at Militich Fighting Systems for a while. Yeah, exactly. Time, with yeah. Uh, Tim Sylvia and those yep. guys. So, um, all right. So, uh, Philippe Linz, uh, is his fight still on? I think it's I think it's off the card now. Because <laughs> I don't know. It says it's yeah. They have it listed as unknown fighter. So we're just we're gonna skip on that. Felicia Spencer and Leah Leston uh, Letson. Uh, Felicia, this is, I'm assuming this is at 145. Yeah, it's at 145. Okay. So, um, what do you know about Leah? Not a lot. I'm being honest, nope. man. I really don't. She's uh, someone I haven't really watched, so I don't know. I, I do know that Felicia Spencer is damn good on the ground. She's mm-hmm. got a great ground game. Her stand-up is okay. She's got a hard time getting the fights lately to the ground. Yeah, right well, but, Just... okay, but who has she been fighting? That's true. Let's take a look at, you know, again, how many times do we say, and there's levels to this, and, you know, she came out of Invictus. She was the Invicta featherweight champion, and she's good. But, you know, her, her last three fights have been the problem, and the one that I was not uh, not impressed with you know, her performance in it uh, was her fight against, uh, let's say, was it Dumont? Yeah, Norman Dumont. Norman Dumont, who just won again, you know. So obviously, Norman is is not bad in the stand up and stuff, but she wasn't able to take Dumont down, and so that really caused her problems in the fight. But her her fight with um, Amanda Nunez, come on, what, what did we expect? Yeah. But she hung in there. She she showed she's got heart, man. She is yeah. tough as hell. So they could have stopped that fight though at any time. Yeah, they could have. <laughs> but you know, but she's yeah. got three losses. Two of those losses. Amanda Nunez and Chris Cyborg. Yeah. I mean, I get it. She's tough. I, I think she is tough. I mean, she remember she cut she cut Chris Cyborg, I think, on the forehead. Oh, yeah, with an elbow, right. man. She had a good, yeah, hit good her one. Split her open. Yeah. She's tough. I don't know much about Leah Let- Letson, but I don't she's got either. her hands full. Um, and it looks like Kevin Holland's out from what we understand. So Kyle Darkus is fighting Roman Delizzi. Yeah, Delizzi. He's it, tough. I, it, I want to just say that I'm glad, I hate to say it, but I'm glad Kevin's out. I didn't think, because look, Kevin got blitzed by that clash of heads. Mm-hmm. And how long ago was that? A month ago? Yeah. A month and a half? It's not enough time. So he needs more time. Give him more time so he can, you know, get his, because that, that was basically, dude, he went face first, which yeah. means he was out. Now he woke up when he hits the ground. Okay, but man, he was, he was hurt. So same shit happened to the fucking Michael Chandler. Oh, they're not banging heads. Michael Chandler dropped the takedown and hit his face on the canvas. Oh yeah, he did. Fucking almost knocked himself out. Yeah, you talked about that, but it's, you yeah. Know. So, I, although I don't want to see Kevin not, you know, having to drop out, I'm kind of glad. Take some more time. Yeah. Come back and fight Dawkins a couple more months down the road. But True. yeah, uh, his fight against Elise. Dawkins is good. People don't give him enough yeah, credit. You know, they, he's tough. Him and his brother, that have, that would have been a hell of a household. 
You know, the fights going on in there, that's that's pretty impressive. Dad's probably like, just settle out on the street, yeah. in the garage. Yeah. Go God the garage. damn it, get out of my living room. Go on the, go yeah, on the get front it, lawn. In the front lawn. In the front lawn. <laughs> um, Yadong Song versus uh, Julio Arce. Oh, I, it's going to be a good fight. It is going to be a good fight, but, you know, Yadong Song's got power. Yeah. You know, you, many times you just don't see a guy that, you know, in that weight class that has power in his hands and you can see he's got power in his hands now the real question for me is he he never seems to start real fast and he starts a little bit slow and then he starts to build as the first round goes on and stuff but i think he needs to come out just a little bit faster in this fight with julio because julio does start fast he's got you know he's got good hands he's got a good overall game let's just be honest so uh but I do give I give Song the advantage in the fight. Yeah, though Yadong Song's got a chin on him too. He's got boy, a he does. He just he can take a shot and he delivers it right back and he keeps coming forward. He's got a gas tank on him. He's yeah. a, someone that will push the pace. He's fun to watch. I'm I'm super high on him. Like in terms of I don't know if he'll ever get to the top top five or to the title shot, but he's he's just fun. Yeah, he's just fun. Where's he ranked at, Dave? Can you pull me up? Uh, what is he? One thirty-five. He's 145? Yeah. Not ranked. No, nope, not ranked. I mean, he's fun. So I'm looking forward to seeing him if he gets up into that mix there soon. I thought he was 35. Uh, hold on, double check for you. Does it's it not say Bantam, it say Oh, yeah, you're right. Bantamweight. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I thought he was Bantamweight. Yeah. But also, yeah. oh, yeah, very, uh, 15th. Oh, Song Yudong. Yeah, there you go. Oh, he dropped down one, too. So he's below Cody Stamen, but he's number 15. Should be good. Should be a good fight for him. Yep. All right, next fight. The fight that I'm high on is the Cynthia Cavillo fight. I want to see that fight and Andrea Lee. Andrea Lee? Is it and Andrea Lee, right? Andrea Lee. KGB Andrea Lee. Lee. She, she did a good job her last fight. She's she tough. She had a great performance. Yeah, she's tough. She did a great job her last fight. And then Cynthia Cavillo coming off of a loss, correct? Yes, she is. She Who did she lose to? I'm trying to remember. Sorry. Come I'm on. Come on. Think about it. She got taken in. Jessica Andrade. We talked right. about it. Don't you remember? Yes. Yep. And then Chikagian beat her too right before that. Yeah. Ah, man. Yeah, she's tough though. I mean, Cynthia, she's tough. I, I feel like she just didn't have a place to go during COVID. I don't know where she was at, what she was doing, but because she was at AKA. Yeah. And then COVID hit. She had like just started getting in her groove, training AKA all the time. And then COVID hit and it was like, all right. <laughs> so... AKA just shut down. They were trying to do the speakeasy and it never worked. People kept calling the city on them, kept getting reported. Fucking hate, hate this area when it comes to this <laughs> shit. It's so garbage. <laughs> Anyways, look, uh, I love California. Yeah. Anyways, all right. Um, yeah, but that should be a good fight, man. That should be a real good fight. Andrea just seems like she's a big girl, though, for the weight. Like, she seems like she's, she's a strong. Uh, yeah, strong maybe that's what lady. I was looking for. You know, that's that she's got she's she's got good stand up. She's got a good ground game. Mm-hmm. Got to figure, you know, her last fight was she. She was she fighting uh, Shevchenko, not not obviously, Valentina, yeah, not yet, but not Antonia. And do you remember yeah. she had her in the triangle and yeah, she, she switched that. it to the armor that wouldn't. Yeah. And Antonia was trying to fight her way out of it. You know, it was a great fight. Antonina. 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 I'm sorry. Antonia is what I help you with that. Antonina. You're right. But that was a great fight. And it was a great trend. You saw the transitions. And if you take a look at her losses in the UFC, yeah, she's had them. 
I know she lost to uh, Joanna Calderwood. She lost to Roxanne. And then her last one was Lauren uh, Murphy. Lauren Murphy. Thank you very much. Yep. And so, yeah, but I mean, look, those are all top top level girls. Absolutely. Lauren Murphy just fought for the title. Uh, Modifi- Modifari is always in the Let's mix. Fought everybody. She's, always, she, she's just, yeah, she's just grinding away. Didn't she used to be an English teacher in Japan? Yes. She was an English teacher in Japan. Yes, yeah, she I remember was. when I first ran into her when she first started fighting. Yeah, she was uh the, yeah, she was an English teacher in Japan. I'm like, oh, so you're not you're, you're not gonna remember this name, but the first time I watched Roxanne Modafari fight, Dave, pull up pull up her record. You'll see what uh, she fought Jennifer Howe. I uh, do remember her. Do you remember Jennifer Howe? Yes. Jennifer Howe was good. Yeah. She had hands, man. She would she would throw down. Yeah. She was you know, where was she from though, John? Utah. J- Utah. She, well, she Jennifer like, Maya? She was with Jeremy no, no. Horn forever. No, all the way down, like one of her you first go, fights. Go down towards down. her first fights. Towards the beginning. I know that's a long ways down. Wow. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, keep going. Go. Keep going. So right Jennifer there. Jennifer Howe. Boom. And look, she got a win. Click on click on her. I'm trying to remember if it's the same girl I'm thinking of. But I do remember the name a lot. Yep. 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 Yeah, she got yep, two yep. wins against Jennifer Howe, and I was like, man. That, and it was it was all ground at the time. Her stand-up was it's her stand-up, although a lot of people won't like it now, it's so much better. John Woods has done a phenomenal job <laughs> with Roxanne Montefari. Oh, jeez. Uh, oh, hold on. All right, I'll, I'll tell you a story. Go, go back to Roxanne Montefari's uh, thing. I'm trying to remember who she was fighting, and it was in the UFC. God damn it. Um, I mean, could it go back two decades? And hey, watch it. Hold on, hold on. Stop, 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 stop. You're going too far. No, oh, some more UFC fights down there. Raquel Pennington. Wrong way. Go up. Up or down? To the go UFC up. fights. Go uh-huh. up to the UFC okay, fights. Yeah. Okay, there, you go. there we go. So she lost to what the hell was it? I can't. Eubanks. Jennifer Maya. Yeah, I can't Lauren I can't Murphy. remember. But she's fight she's fighting a girl. It was a Brazilian girl. I can't remember her name. But uh it might go to the Invicta right there. Go up a little bit there. There you go. So Priscilla D'Souza. Priscilla D'Souza. Priscilla D'Souza. She's fighting her, and uh, I'm reffing that fight. John Woods is in her corner, and uh, she gets a mount at the end of the the. Uh, I want to say she gets a mount at the end of the uh, first round, and she's going after, and she's just like throwing these shots right. Mm-hmm. Round ends, and I I stop and get her up and john comes in and, and i said hey tell her she needs to put something on those shots if she wants me to be stopping the fight then you must be talking about the marina moraes fight because that's the one you reffed okay then TKO that would have been the third round marina Moraes. yeah it's invicta boom it's invicta there you go there. So i thought it was invicta. Yeah. okay yeah so anyways you know he, she goes and yeah he, he goes okay right so second round she's dominating her gets mount again and she's trying to throw punches what was it Josh, I'm telling you, man, not one of them could have broken egg. Man. <laughs> and I'm like, Poor Roxanne, and I'm like, I can't stop this, this because the girl's crazy. on the bottom. She's throwing back, right? Oh, geez. And Roxanne's trying to throw shots, and I, I, I and I let it go throughout end of the wreck. No one's getting hurt, right? There's just Jeez. no damage, right? So I, I, I go to John Woods as he's coming in. I said, John. You got to tell her she's got to hit harder. She, he goes, John, she's hitting as hard as she can. <laughs> I go, so great. good point. Good That's point. Great. I ended up stopping in the third when she started elbowing her. But it was like, I was like, 
man, she just got zero power at the time. But she's really come along she, with it. She's always like she's one of those throwback fighters that like, like uh, she's a wonderful from person. Aus- what she is? What was the kid from Australia? He was the first Stopanopoulos or st- George? Was it George Stopanopoulos? Yeah, he's from Australia. Stopanopoulos, like yeah, Sop- yeah, something like that. Anyways, yeah. great, great him, grappler, and then. Yeah, it was great grappler. Same thing with Modafari. Gets that like that. Remember they wore the baggier shorts, so oh, they were longer. Dude, and then they wore the knee shorts, braces, knee braces the, that are long, the knee braces that were ankle, long. Went down to the middle ankle, of their calves, and they wore the ankle, ankle braces up yeah. for more grip to soak up the sweat, so you could get some grip shit. Yep. Oh, it was just great, man. Looked like he was wearing long pants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just trying to crafting up, man. And she'd always, I think she'd always try to fight like in a long sleeve rash guard and all this. Uh, I'm like, what are you doing? Anyways, all right. So, uh, what other fights on here really interest you? Oh, I want to see Courtney Casey. I want to see her fight well. She's a good athlete. She's a good fighter. But you know, if you're going to say what's a could be an exciting and fun fight to watch is Mark uh, Diakese. He's an exciting fighter. He's good on the feet. He's you know he's had some losses and stuff against good fighters, but on the feet he is Scroll good. Down, Dave. He is a dynamite. Oh yeah, yeah, Mark. Oh, Normally yeah, yeah. he has, really... puts a big red stripe. He used yeah, to, yeah. Used to color his uh, hair a la someone else stripe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He used to, he used to color his uh, hair a la someone else. No. Uh. <laughs> um. You know, I used to sit. This is a true story. I used to sit in a damn chair to get my hair done like that for at least seven, eight hours. It was there. I was there all damn. Yeah. No. Nuh-uh. Nope. I mean, the the one when I had the orange, you got orange, purple, me. and like dyed blonde, and the rest of it was black. It took it took me almost eight hours for that. I was sitting in that damn chair because they have to bleach your hair all one way, and then they do the black. Oh, yeah, so it was like they bleached it all, and they do the black all around it, and then I left the bleach spot there, oh. and then I colored the they colored all the rest. It was fuck. It was forever, forever. People are like, oh, come you don't dye your hair anymore. I'm like, I got sick of sitting in that damn chair. <laughs> so ridiculous. That's why you stopped. Yeah. I don't blame you. That's what, see, that's called it. That's called maturity right there. It's like I'm I'm not wasting time <laughs> like that again. Oh man, Dave. <laughs> Calm down, John. That's a big word. Maturity <laughs> when it comes to Josh. Yeah, uh, but what's it's his just, name? you know, the overall, ca- this should be a Callan Williams. It's a, Isn't he? Don't they call him like chaos or something like that? Isn't he the chaos kid? Something yeah. like that, yeah, yeah. Chaos Williams, yeah, that should be a good fight. So, yeah, uh, yeah Miguel Baez, Chaos Williams, uh, yeah. he's ten and one. Yeah, yeah, he's tough. Gonna be. I think. I think this this card has like those kind of a couple little sneaky good fights in there. He's tough, you know. Um, Tiago Moises, man, he's a yes. Yeah, Tiago Moises against Joel against. Alvarez. He's That's a really good fight. Good. People don't realize. They don't realize how good he is because you know he's fought guys like when you fight Islam like oh he got handled or it was a it was kind of a close fight but he got handled I'm like dude you just see what fucking Islam just did like yeah I'm like come on guys like this kid's good he's good did to Dan Hooker um all right well all right buddy let's get into some news there's actually some really good fights on this card. All right, guys. Now, one of our other sponsors, MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code Wayne in. Go to MyBookie.ag and use the promo code Wayne in. Now, if you guys took our advice, you guys made some money this weekend as well. This is another weekend that we've given advice and 
There's been tons of people that have been making some cash off of our recommendations off of these fights. We talked about the Canelo fight with Plant. We said potentially what it could happen and look, look pretty much is what will happen. John called it perfectly. And then in the MMA fights in the MMA world, we had the Bellator as well as the UFC fights. And we pretty much called all of those as well. We said they'd be tough fights, but they'd be some knockdown dragouts. And they definitely were. We expected some good results and we had some outstanding fights. But that extra little bit you could have made at mybookie.ag using that promo code weighing in, that would have given you some more money. And also, if you'd use that little QR code right over there, that would have given you some more money for your initial signup. So go to mybookie.ag, use the promo code weighing in. John and I will be dropping more of these things and more of these tidbits for you guys. So make sure you guys have your opportunity ready for you to make some money at mybookie.ag. Use the promo code weighing in. So let's talk about the tweet that came out today and then the response that came out after let's it. Let's do it. Michael Chandler sends out the tweet with a picture of he and Connor face-to-face, photoshopped, obviously. Just have to throw it out there. Um, and writes 2022. And then Connor responds and Connor says, <laughs> I'm down at some stage for sure. Great fight the other night, Mike. Congrats. Mike replies, thank you, sir. It'll be my pleasure. See you soon. <sighs> I mean, you brought up a good point. If you lost your last two, you shouldn't be calling anybody out. That's one. Two is, um, like by the time like Mike's Mike's what thirty five? He's thirty five years old. Let's say Connor comes back summer of next year. Let's say sometime yep. around September. You know, is when the fights start to ramp back up. You know, probably sometime around September next year. I, I don't. I just. I Mike's gonna be. I don't know who he's gonna fight between now and then. But he's got to get a win. That's for sure. He's got to get a win. Look, people. People were. I think I, people were commenting in some of the in some of my posts that I had, and they're like, "Oh, you were shitting on Mike." No, I wasn't shitting on Mike. I'm just being honest with you guys. He fought stupid. He's good. He's a really good fighter. He has just been known to not yes. fight smart his whole career. But that's what makes him a fun fighter to watch. And I, I'm not knocking him. I appreciate the fact because as, as a fan, I'm not as a fan of the sport and as a fan of his fighting style. Okay. I appreciate that. But when it comes down to like, hey, this is you need to make proper decisions for your career after this. Like, hey, I want to start keep making money because the UFC now is going to start cutting him. They're going to start thinking we pay this guy a ton of money. And just so you guys know, yes, I do know what he's getting paid. I do know what he's getting paid. He's making a ton of money. They wanted to bring him over. The U- Bellator decided not to re-sign him. They released, They just let him go off of his contract. Went UFC went. They they paid. They paid a lot. They paid a lot of money for him to come over. So at this at this part this part of his career, he needs to get a win. You know his one win over Dan Hooker. Sure, it looked impressive. You know, um, short fight. Then his loss to Charles Oliveira. Everyone's losing to Charles Oliver right now. No, no, no pain in that. But if he would have fought Justin Gaethje smart, I'm not saying he would have won, but it would have been a lot better of a fight for him in scenario situation had he wrestled early and tried to commit to those takedowns, not just try to get takedowns when you were injured and hurt. Josh, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Uh, I had people telling me he did try to wrestle. It's like no, no, he did not wrestle. You know that is not trying a shot. From afar is not you wrestling. Wrestling is that is something you commit to, and you are making it to where Justin Gaethje can't throw as much because he's having to now know every time this guy takes a step forward, he's looking to take me down. And you've got to 
just be committed to it. That would have been the smart game plan for Michael Chandler to win the fight against Gaethje. Gaethje pulled Chandler into exactly what he wanted, and that's that's a great job by Justin Gaethje in saying, "Hey, let's let's fight this stand-up fight. Let's let's go to war. The war is going to be won by the guy." you know, that is used to that battle and not that Mike cannot stand up and fight with someone, but when you have a skill set that is actually better than your opponents and you really don't go to it other than a couple times when you're in trouble, that's not being a smart fighter. And he didn't fight smart. Anytime you're walking forward with your hands down at your sides and letting a guy punch you in the face, if you got nothing against as a fan, you liking that. I don't blame you. It's, you know, wow, that's really cool. It's really cool, and it's really fucking stupid because that is not how you win a fight. (laughs) As cool as the fans think it is, the judges look and go, oh, you got hit twice. Okay? (laughs) That's all they're doing. What are you, you're giving it to your opponent. You know, every time he's doing the whole hand thing, you know, come on, come on, let's go. Hey, Justin was there to respond and say, okay. It's not like Justin was backing off of him. He was responding. So all of that doesn't do anything for you. It does things for the fans, but it doesn't do anything for you to win the fight. And and there was a certain point in that fight, and it was after Michael got knocked on his ass with a good shot. He was hurt. And Swanio got to his knees and then dove for that single leg as far as to keep himself safe, which was smart. That was a good move. And then you see his head come out the side and he's sticking his tongue out. It's like, you're not thinking about winning this fight. No. You're not. No, and th- there's been moments throughout my career <clears throat> where I was more entertained. I was trying to be more entertaining than I wasn't focused on winning. And if you go back, and I'll give you an example. You go back to the, because I had fucked up my hand and my thumb in the, the Benson fight. Yep. I think it was in the fourth round. I had his back. And instead of trying to fight vigorously to get the submission, I had his back, had one arm around his neck, and I'm over here cheering the crowd on. Stupid. I remember Just that. Just stupid. I wasted oh, the I time Oh, I wanted to tell you how there. stupid you were. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> wasted the time in that moment yeah. to get the finish. And that, and, and in this situation, he was not gonna, he was no, in no area to get the finish, obviously. Yeah. But he was. I was more in. I was more into getting the crowd going, getting them involved, and him looking to the side. You know, they had a shot of his face on the big screen. There, he's sticking his tongue out. He just got rocked. Now everyone's like, "Oh, see, he wrestled." No, he wrestling when you're wrestling. rocked is not wrestling. That's survival. That's survival. <laughs> exactly. Thank you very much. Okay? And that, that's what the difference is. That kid can wrestle his ass off. If you guys go to watching some of the videos that he's posted, Kamaru Usman's posted when Usman was there at Sanford MMA. Him and Usman had some great scrambles, some great goes, and him also wrestling with some of a bunch of other guys that were really good wrestlers as well. Watching them get after each other, him and Logan Storley, watching him wrestle, he is a phenomenal wrestler, and I think he's a way better wrestler than Justin Gaethje. But you would have never have thought that or never have ever assumed that watching him fight the other night. It just baffled well, me. It baffles me. It's always baffled me. And it's me. no more than look at the takedown. He, when he did get the, what did he, he tried for the big slam, and that's okay. I understand it. But what did you need in that situation? You needed control. Instead, you yeah. went for amplitude and explosion and the boom of, let me slam him. How many times does a big slam stop the fight? 
but very rare putting putting justin on his back and having him on his back and keeping him on his back will get you that round and if he had done that look he had won the first round i don't care what one of the judges said he had won the first round okay justin definitely won the second the third round and so but in that position in the third round hey that could have been the the difference maker that's the difference in you winning the fight Exactly. Had he got the takedown and was able to posture up on him and do some work, and you never know, Justin Gaethje could have rolled up into a guillotine, and Michael Chandler's got one of the best arming guillotines and is really good on getting in the neck. So in that mixture, and you know that Gaethje, even though he was able to avoid a lot of submissions throughout his career, he's not the best grappler when it comes to jiu-jitsu. I mean, people out of his own camp say he never really trains jiu-jitsu. And we saw it when he fought Khabib. Now, I know it's Khabib. But we saw the transitions, the, the 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 submissions, all those things were so easy for Khabib to get to. And I know it's Khabib, but Michael Chandler's nasty on the neck. And he could have, if he could have dominated the top position, I think he would have had a good chance. And going into that third round, the other two judges had it 29-28. So it was 28-28 going into the third round. That's right. So he could have won that fight. Yep. Almost knocked himself out with the, the amplitude slam, jumping him. Almost knocked himself out. Now, that can happen. Yeah. But he could have taken him down, controlled Control the position, it. got to the back, controlled the top position, ground and pounded him out in the guard, whatever it was. He could have done a lot in that fight to win that fight. He, I don't want to say he gave it away. No, but he went for being exciting over being over smart. Over the win. That's right. Over the win. Yep. Yep. Anyways. Uh, in terms of the, the Connor fight, I don't think it's, it's never going to happen. Nah. It's never going to happen. So I'm not going to, I really don't want to enter, entertain it. <laughs> I, I, I don't so, think it is. Either. All right. Next. Instead, you just went on a 10 minute run. Well, yeah, about, about Chandler's ability that he, in his fight IQ is, and I've, t- there, and this, this, guys, this is the reason why I've said it to his face. This, this is the reason why let's talk about the Connor fight real quick. Michael Chandler is going to do exactly what he did with Justin Gaethje. He's not going to fight smart. He's not going to go in there to beat Khabib and to take him down and to maul him on the ground. He's going to go in there to stand up and, and show how tough he is. And guess what the fuck's going to happen? Yeah. Connor's uh, going to step back and break his ankle? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's got a rod in there. He's he's a, he's bionic now. Yeah. There's nothing to worry I about. Still, I, don't think it's a, I don't think it's a fight that... I, just don't think, I mean, Chandler may lose again between now and then, and then that fight's really gone. You know, um, if he doesn't lose again, he gets a win. You know... Really got to see where he's at in the ranking system, you know, but he's coming off two two losses. Yeah. The UFC is one and two. One. Yeah, yeah, not a good look. All right. Anyways, next. All right, the last story. So uh, a similar breath, uh, not as subliminal as Michael Chandler's call out. Carlos Barza goes on uh, Instagram and posts a really nice message uh, to Rose, and she says. Rose, uh, congratulations, Rose, on a fantastic victory, inspiring so many, and I am truly happy for you. Fate had us cross paths when we created this division, and I'm proud that seven years later, we are both still here at the top of it. This is not a call out or anything disrespectful. This is genuine respect. You deserve time to celebrate and enjoy this accomplishment. It will be an honor to run this back when you are ready. And then Rose goes on Ariel's show earlier today and says that's the only fight that makes sense. Yeah, I look. I I agree. It is the only fight that makes sense. But I could also see Marina Rodriguez jumping Carla Esparza. Absolutely, I could see I could see that happening. You know, Marina coming off of a big win, and you know, against someone who's highly touted right now, Mackenzie Dern, and she made it look easy. And I could see them trying to like, hey, let's just leapfrog it and get her right to the title shot. And if she beats Rose, then 
Maybe we have Carla and Rose fight to see who fights next for the title. Something along those lines I could see, but I think they're going to have Marina jump Carla Esparza. Carla Esparza, can you pull up the rankings, Dave, for me, please? If Carla Esparza, she's number one, I believe. Two. She's number two. Probably, I maybe even Whaley Zhang. That's a fight they may have her fight. Carla, look, because she wrestles so much, she slows down. And so if you have Carla Esparza and Whaley Zhang fighting a five-round fight, I think Whaley Zhang beats her. In a three-round fight, Carla may be able to wrestle, wrestle fuck her to death. You know what I mean? And get on top of her, put some work on her, get her down. But Carla's not a physically strong and dominating fighter. She's a good wrestler. But Whaley Zhang, it, the, her size, she seems extremely strong. Physically strong. Physically strong, yeah. When you go back and you watch what she did to Jessica Andrade against the fence, where she elbowed her in the face like multiple times, chased her down. That fight was was very, it, it was, it said a lot about how she can handle strength and how she can handle someone like a Jessica Andrade. She can be able to handle Carla Esparza, and so I think if they were to put Whaley Zhang against somebody, Carla Esparza and her, it'd probably be those two, and then Marina Rodriguez jumps her because of the way she's she's been looking lately. I really believe that's what's going to happen. I look at it and I'm, I'm just, I don't think the UFC looks at Carla like, look, she was the very first strawweight champion, but I don't think they look at her like that's the champion that, you know, we want to have as far as we like the way she fights. We like her style. Look, they like, they like Wei Li Zhang and they like her style. They love Rose Namajunas and they love her style. And you could say the same thing for a couple of others. You know, they like Marina Rodriguez. She's, you know, she's a she's a banger, and she goes out there to put people away. Where Carla is, it's a slower fight. It's a harder, she's a harder style to sell to the fans based upon what she does. So, you know, in looking at, well, who do we, who would, who do we want to put? What's an easier fight to sell? Well, I can understand selling the Carla Esparza versus Rose because Carla beat Rose. That's how Carla became the champion. So, you know, there is a storyline there and you can make it happen, but you can also say the fight that is going to be the better fight, the more interesting fight, the fight that's going to be uh, technically good, but also, you know, probably a knockout, you know, for, for one person, probably going to be the Rose versus Marina fight. So I agree with you. I think they're looking to jump Marina over, over uh, Carla and uh, they might put Carla against Weili Zhang and mm -hmm. see what happens with that. Yeah, or or I could see them maybe having Mackenzie Dern fight Carla Esparza. That'd be a dick move to do. <laughs> That'd be a real dick move uh, to do. Well, it, it would be one of those. Now where do you? Now what do you do? Do you wrestle? Yeah, you don't wrestle. <laughs> Absolutely not. That's the whole point. Fucking run, <laughs> run on your feet and punch. That's what you do. You stay the fuck off the ground with that girl. Yeah. Jeez. All right. Well, hey, that pretty much wraps up our show for tonight. We're gonna head Hold over. On, Josh. Hold on, Josh. Oh, Hold on. This is episode 200, so yes, oh. this is normally where we would wrap up the show. Oh, I uh, like however, this. Look at I, Dave taking charge. I am going to interject before we go oh. and actually film an objection. Um, so I just wanted to share a quick uh, quick little experience. Um, you know, we are celebrating 200 shows. It's been an amazing journey. Um, the other night, I was standing in line getting getting uh, dinner, and uh, this, this guy was in front of me, you know, for like 15 minutes, turned around. Uh, and saw my shirt and he's like he's like oh is that john and josh's podcast and i was like yeah uh, i'm the producer and editor for the show and 
and he's like uh, he's like dude i love that podcast man they are they are just full of knowledge i listen to it every single week <laughs> um you know i've been listening for a long time i really love it um can can i give you a question a pose to big john and josh for for your fan question show and so i you know i would say that those are kind of hit and miss depending on when we do them um but i would throw this in and so um john i'm going to thrust it to you, more so to you real quick josh you can chime in okay um it's more more around the rules so kerry who i met the other night he asked um the question about putting your hands on the ground um is, is that part of the unified rules right to be a grounded fighter on the ground yeah to be a grounded fighter yeah the one um, hand on the ground he said that it's a defensive tactic and not like a martial art um, and he's so <laughs> right. asking can that be considered in future discussions to be eliminated you're saying as far as putting one hand down uh to yeah to avoid being kneed in the face <sighs> man there's been so many things that have happened with the grounded fighter and it's become such a hot you know potato as far as the way people look at it and, and there's there's all kinds of opinions on it, and I'm not going to say who's right and who's wrong. What I am going to say is this. It's been batted around. It was changed. We, we At one time, we put it to where you had to put two hands down, and that was to try to get people to stop doing it. It wasn't to say, oh, we want you to put two hands to the ground. It was, hey, if you want to be a grounded fighter, put your knee down to the ground and keep your hands up to protect yourself. Don't put your hands down to the ground. So... Then there was a change of it based upon the ABC and people in the ABC kind of separating and coming together. Well, if you put that back as one hand, we'll come back together. And so they put it back to one hand. That that rule has been a mess. Do I think that they could do it where you could say that, oh, you can't put your hand down to be defensive and keep yourself from being needed? No, they're not going to be able to do that based upon now you're now you're forcing the referee into a position to call whether the fighter did it on their own or was forced by pressure. And so their hand went out based upon that pressure. And you're going to be having people that are complaining about, no, I was forced down and, you know, and the referee saying, no, you placed your hand out. It's just not a good position to be. If they could change the entire grounded fighter rule, it would be great. But to say that you're going to be able to take away the hand thing, if they took away saying, hey, just putting your hand to the ground will not make you uh, grounded in any fashion. You have to have your body in some fashion, be it knee, be it arm, be it you know elbow, back, butt, and simply the hands do not do it. That would be the way to do it. But uh, to sit there and say that, uh, that to me, and that, that would be the only way to, to really have it done. And I don't think that's going to happen. There you go, Kerry. Yep. Though since John got to answer a question, I'm gonna, I actually had someone ask me a question too that was very interesting that I completely had forgot about. His name is Suhail Hamad. Hamed. He's hit me up in my DMs, and he says, "How come in your first fight in the UFC they introduced you as 22 and one?" He's like, "I listened to your guys' pod for the longest time now." He's like, "But I just would like an explanation for this situation." That's good, John. The reason why 
is because these websites were not around. And at the time, camcorders and I, and phones and stuff were very expensive. Phones weren't irrelevant. Like, they weren't even around. I, uh, camera phones and all that stuff. So I had no footage of the actual fights. So when you fought, like, King of the Cage, that stuff went to DVDs. And so you could sometimes pick it up and your fight was on it. And you got to go ahead and use that footage. But when you in, back in 97, 98, when I was fighting, not all of us took camcorders and the promotion always said, yeah, yeah, we have it on film. We're going to send you a copy. You never got the copy. So they did. They basically had your record based off of whatever fights you could prove you had. Well, I already had a ton of fights before I got to the UFC. And like I said before, it was Trevor, myself and a couple of us, other guys, Ray Roth and all of us, we'd drive every weekend and try and fight as much as we could, you know, and sometimes Montana, Washington, Oregon, uh, a couple times in Utah, you know, then, you know, and so it's like we were driving wherever we could to get fights. And in this circuit was like Misha Tate, um, Benji Raddick, Dennis Holman. You know, uh, there was a ton of other fighters that were that were up in that area that we all used to just cross paths and, and we train together and fight together. And on the same cars, we all knew of each other, but the footage we never got. And so you couldn't actually put a fight on your record that that you couldn't prove that you had and that you won. And so that's why my record said 22 and one, because I had a bunch of fights um, before the websites were around. And then they, once the websites did come around, if you didn't have the footage, you couldn't have your record on that, couldn't put it on your record. So that's why my record is what it is now versus what it was then. Hopefully I answered your question. I think that what people don't understand is, first off, the sport's real young. Still is. Okay. It hasn't been around that long. And when we talk about having... There was no database back then, okay? I know that sounds weird, but there was no database for fighting as far as MMA where you could go and find fights that people had and see them. Because if you look at Jeremy Horn, all right, if you look at Jeremy Horn's record, it's going to be somewhere on close to 100 wins, probably 25 losses, I don't know, bunch, probably a bunch of ties because back then there was ties. What is it? 92 and 22. 92 and 22 is what they say, okay? I guarantee you he's had over 200 fights. Yeah. Okay? I watched Jeremy Horn fight in metal buildings, garage warehouses, and stuff like that where there's no record of it and everything. So this ha you know, this is part of, you know, the beginning of the sport. You'll see guys that, you know, had fights that you knew it, you watched it, and there's no record of it. So that that happened all the time. You know, Josh is being as honest as he can be. The, the UFC, when Josh gives him, gives them their record, then it's switched over time. They said, Oh, we got to have these verified. And mm -hmm. if it wasn't in the data database, which was brand new, and you can look at like, there's different databases for, you know, MMA. Now there's multiple ones, but at the time there wasn't anything. Well, look up, look up Travis Fulton. Remember him? Oh, my God. Travis would have 300. 200, 300 fights. 300 I, think fights. He, I think he finally said he hit 300 fights. Yeah, well, and a lot of those fights were way before there was ever any record. Travis of, Fulton know, like, fought holy sometimes yeah. 255 wins, 50, yeah, 300 There you go. And and Travis Two, was, you you figure, he also had 10 draws. <laughs> that's that's unheard of. Well, you know, Travis, at that, the, what's unheard of, you can take a look. That's 300 MMA fights. He also had at least 50 boxing matches, at least, because I, I refereed him in boxing. And, uh, 
He's a, he used to go and travel and do a fight on Friday night, a fight on Saturday night, drive, you know, cross country. You know, he never flew anywhere and he would just drive all over and do fights. So usually two times. And if you, if you look at the beginning of his, uh, list there, it probably has, you know, fights, you know, on one day and then the next day, another fight in a different one. So yeah. he did that all the time. That's why he was called Iron Man. Back, yeah. Promoters back then didn't know you were fighting the night before. So they'd try, they would just book you. There was no, like John said, there was no database to say like, oh yeah, he's going to be fighting in this organization on Friday. And then he's going to wait, come fight for us. Right. No way. What if you get hurt? How are we going to bank you as the main event? But back then there was no database for it. And then on top of it, no regulation. You got to remember when Jeremy Horn, when Jeremy Horn came back to fight Chuck Liddell, for the second time in the UFC, he didn't want to come back and fight him until they paid him a ton more money because he was fighting every weekend, making 15, 20 grand for that main event fight slot. And he was fighting bums. Yep. He's like, why would I go fight Chuck Liddell when I'm making, you know, in one month, I'm making a hundred grand fighting four fights against bums, guys that come off the bar stool. He's like, why would I go get knocked out by Chuck Liddell or go fight Chuck Liddell, yep. you know, for a hundred grand when I can make a hundred grand in a month? Didn't make any sense. So it was, you know, I understood all, I understood that process, but this, this is where the sport has really come a long way, you know? And so when you guys, when we talk to you guys about, um, you know, what's it called? The fighters getting paid more money in the union, all those things. Like John just said, it's a really young sport. Look at how long football has been around. Look at, they're just finally getting to the bigger numbers for these, for the, some of these top athletes and sure they're making millions, but you got to look at too, some of the beginning guys. They're still making 350 or 450, you know, and that's a lot still. I understand that's a lot of money. But they're also playing, they're also playing, you know, they're also playing for 16, 17, 18 weeks if they're on a good team. And they're putting in the work every single day. Fighting is you're not putting in the work. You are putting in the work every day, but you're not fighting every day. You're fighting two, maybe three times at the most in a year. So they're not getting banged up as much. Sure, they're training, but they know when to train hard, when not to, once you get to a certain level. Anyways, well, hey, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash weighing in. Use the promo code and still. You guys, hashtag and still. Every single time you guys hit a comment, hashtag and still. But go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash weighing in. Use the promo code and still. Get a little extra cash off. What is it, 20% off, I believe? Yep. Pick up one of our shirts. And, uh, hey, after this week, John and I will be in Florida after this week. And then we're gonna. I'm going to sit down with Dave. We're going to come up with a couple new design logos for some of these new shirts. Want a couple new ones, so we do need going to add some flavor to it. I've add got a, I've got a new shirt that I'm going to have. Oh Jesus! It's going to have Josh on. It. It's awesome. It's, it's so funny. <laughs> he knows what picture it is. I told, I told Luis Mickey. I said, "Hey girl, I'm coming for your job. <laughs> <laughs> coming for your job." She's a stud. All right. Well, hey, hope you guys enjoyed this show. Make sure you hit that subscribe button down below. Also, go to the, hit the little link down below in our main YouTube channel, and that link takes you to our Clips channel, which is where we will be filming our next Wayne Interjection, which will be dropping later on this week. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. Hit the subscribe and the bell so you can stop sliding in my DMs asking me when we're going to drop. And, John, take us away, buddy. To everyone out there that has hung with us, has started with us, has been with us for 200 episodes, man, thank you so much. We hope you enjoy and we appreciate you tuning in and listening to us all the time. And we will now close out number 200 with a see you guys later. See ya. I like that.